You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lou Mead, and today I have the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Chris Malta. Now, this young man has more than 47 years of experience, and he started at 15, coming from a family where that was the norm. Everyone owned businesses, um, started businesses, and so he grew up in that space, uh, and, and that kind of led them to the trajectory of owning, owning more than 30 of those years in e-commerce and online marketing, as you can imagine. So he has owned multiple businesses, e-commerce websites, wholesale supply companies, affiliate marketing, especially that's a fitting for um, today. And he has tons and tons of experience. And, you know, it's it's an honor to have him on the show. So with no further ado, Chris, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lanita. really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, tell us about what are some of the businesses that your family has and that you've grown around? Oh, geez. It's uh, ever since I was a little kid. I mean, it's real estate brokerages, it's restaurants, it's sub shop chains, uh, furniture stores, car, boat and RV dealerships. Uh, just so many that it's hard to count. You know, uncles, cousins, aunts, my parents owned their own separate companies. My dad owned a construction company and yeah. uh, my mother was the queen of retail in the in the party plan days back in the 60s and 70s. It just it just went on and on. So I was lucky to grow up in that. In fact, just a few days ago, I grew up in Western New York in Rochester, New York, moved to Florida 24 years ago. So just a few days ago, I saw a Facebook post from a friend of mine that I grew up with. And he was standing in front of a restaurant that's owned by one of my cousins. So I had, you know, it's been 24 years since I've been up there and still I can't get away from it. But I think it was a good thing because growing up in that, where every every holiday gathering is business talk, every birthday party is business talk. You know, I I had mentors around me my whole life who knew how to start and run a business, which gave me a tremendous advantage. Yeah, that's a that's always a leg up, a, um, a plus. But I, I'm sure you've seen some things that were different then that are super different now, especially with like uh, marketing and branding. Back then, we didn't have the the online space uh, to be for it to be as accessible as it is now. That's true. The accessibility has changed and the deliverability has changed. One of the things that never changes, though, Dr. Lanid, is the psychology behind marketing and retail. Okay, the psychology has been the same forever. So as long as you apply the same psychology, you understand that you have to understand who you're selling to, who you're marketing to, your demographic, and what they need to see. The vehicle that you use to deliver that message can change, but that's kind of, to me, that's just technology. You know, that's just, okay, let's put it in, in, you know, this wagon and push it along instead of that wagon. But yeah, okay. there's a, there is a vast difference in the two deliverability systems, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so with, with um, retail, um, which is now e-commerce now, right? Yes, right. Uh, that different space. How did, because um, you said your mom was the event planner back then. How was marketing done um, for retail then? She did the, she was the queen of the party plans back in those days. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers, was old enough to remember the Rubbermaid Tupperware Park Lane Jewelry, the home party plans. 
you know, she would do that. That was just local because back then, of course, I mean, you're right. No internet. So that was local referrals, things like that. It was face to face. When I started, when I was 15, I actually partnered with her. She formed the corporation and we were in the clothing industry. We were modifying clothing for people with, uh, who had arthritis problems and fastening their clothing. And then, you know, moved on from there in several different areas, you know, video production, wholesale, things like that. So I've done quite a bit over the last 30 years of the internet that started right around 1992 with Usenet. If you remember that, I don't know if you do. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, Usenet was before you could have websites. So before you could have websites, you, you had news groups. And we would go on the news groups and we would market information. So, you know, find the right groups to market to. They're like forums are today, right? So uh, market information that around 95, the first websites came out. That was Yahoo Store. And I think I had the very first one because I was waiting for it. I was sitting there. Come on, come on, release it, release it. So uh, we started with that. And then I just went from there. I built uh, WorldWideBrands.com, which is a uh, the directory of wholesale suppliers that online sellers can use. And, you know, just from there, everything I've worked face to face with, you know, vice president level and down from Amazon, eBay, UPS, all these big companies, spoken at national conventions around the country, uh, written books, my done radio shows. I mean, it just really has been a great ride in e-commerce. You know? Yeah. What are some of the um, big business as somebody who's starting in that space, what are some tips that you can provide? The biggest and best tip I can give anybody is when you step into this business and start looking around and researching it, you are walking into a minefield at night with a blindfold on. Okay. And I'm not kidding. Okay. Statistically speaking, Dr. Lanid, 65% of the people in the U.S. will try or have tried to start a business. About maybe 70 to 80% of those people will try to start one online. Unfortunately, since around 2008 or 10, moving forward, there has been a tremendous scam presence in the online, you know, coaching and information system. Okay. So what these people are doing is they're, they're making it sound quick and easy. The problems that people have in this business start with those two words, quick and easy. Because starting and running a business, as you know, is not quick and easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take some learning. It's going to take effort. But everybody here. Nor is it cheap. Nor is it cheap. No, no. It doesn't have to be expensive. It's, you know, it's it's funny. I tell people that, uh, and I, you know, I'm not not plugging or anything, but I, I teach e-commerce and I've taught e-commerce for the last 10 years. But I tell people that the way I do it is the cheapest and, and fastest way that they'll ever do it. But it's... <laughs> there are so many ways that seem to be cheaper and faster, you know, uh, get this tool, get that tool. Even the biggest companies are guilty of this. The biggest uh, e-commerce providers, you know, when you go to one of the big companies and you, you get a website, right. I'm, I'm sure you know who they are. Names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Shopify, big commerce, GoDaddy, 3d card pollution, mm-hmm. uh, all of those. First thing they tell you to do is to get a free trial website. Get a free trial website. We won't charge a credit card for 45 days. By the way, here's some Chinese products you can throw up on that thing. And hey, go and be happy. But you know what? If it doesn't work out, call our product specialist and we'll help you. The product specialists are salespeople. And of course, it's not going to work out. So everybody calls the product specialists and that's where they make their real money. 
I mean, Shopify didn't make $3 billion last year selling $29 a month web hosting. Okay, so that's when they start rolling out all the tools and apps and services. And by the way, your website looks a little messy. Give us $4,000 and we'll fix it for you. And that's what that industry is, okay? And not to mention the tens of thousands of affiliates that surround these massive cons. There's maybe 80 to 100 big cons out there where people will actually spend, I mean, 80% of the people that I talk to, when they've read my book or they've seen my free video series or something like that, they'll contact me. Better than 80% have already spent anywhere from fifteen dollars to $40,000 in wow. three to five years worth of time that they've lost. So those are usually very unhappy conversations. Mm-hmm. So anything that makes anything sound quick and easy, watch out because they're yeah. coming for you. And then this, is that eBiz scam? Is that not, That's a thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how it affects customers or consumers? Uh, the way it affects consumers, consumers are, are having a hard time. It's a good question. Consumers are having a hard time finding quality websites because literally 97% of the websites started by people who fall for these scams, which is you know better than 80% of these people, 97% of those sites fail. And they fail because they're poorly built. So what that does is it basically clogs up the search engine with a whole bunch of websites that aren't built properly, which means that Google won't rank them because it, I guess I need to take a step back here just for a minute, if you don't mind. Um, ever since 2011, Google has introduced artificial intelligence into their search engine. They call it deep learning artificial intelligence. They did that because it greatly increases the value of the search returns at the top of the search engine. So now a good website to Google is a website that is focused on one thing and one thing only, which you know gives rise to niche marketing. So if you're a store selling baseball bats, you don't sell soccer balls, you know, you only sell baseball bats. So people don't understand that. So they put all kinds of different things on their sites. Those sites don't get ranked. Google looks around and says, hey, we can't find any decent sites that aren't ranked or, you know, that we want to rank for this search. So we'll just throw something in there that we know is fairly reliable, large, and has been around for a long time. And that's where you get Amazon and Walmart at the top of the search all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So people just keep getting thrown back into these big platforms that actually do charge more than you think they do. I mean, I have Amazon Prime, you know, almost everybody does, but... You're paying more for products there than you can get them in other places. You don't realize it. So I guess that's a, a way that, that uh, affects consumers. Yeah, I don't realize it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the only place I, um, I shop for the convenient, the two-day shipping and the return, the accessibility, customer-oriented. And that they are, for sure, with, with Amazon. Amazon, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Amazon, there are two, basically two major types of consumers online. There are platform dedicated consumers, which you are one, if you're always shopping on Amazon, right? If you just go to Amazon and search mm-hmm. for what you want, and that's fine. There are a much larger number of people who are, um, they spend, uh, no, it's not the bargain. It's the, um, I'm losing the word here. Anyway, they search the search engines for what they want instead of going to a specific platform. So they'll go to Google. Okay. So the people who go to Google far outnumber the people who search on Amazon. Now, Amazon will tell you 
that they have 50% of the e-commerce market and all these other people will tell you the same thing. What they're not telling you is that they're recounting the 88% of return visitors to Amazon. Okay. So, yeah. So the people who shop search engines are the ones who are going to end up in these, these websites that are done properly. Okay. There's only 3% of them. Which is why I teach this. It's why I teach this subject, right? It's why I teach e-commerce to show people how to actually build something without all the tools and the services that cost thousands of dollars a month. You don't need those things. But you build a proper website that is properly focused. It will rank in Google. It will show up in the top of the search engines. And you can core niche markets. And there's a lot of money in those niche markets. Talking about niching, niching, right? Because a lot of the these platforms, these big um, e-commerce places, like you said, they, they say here, pick product from China and start selling and market it. Do the work, essentially, to get eyes on it, to drive yeah. your customers to it. We're just going to provide you the platform. Yeah. Now, there's the other aspect of it where you get innovative, you invent something, and then it's it's one of a kind, and then you design your own website. Is that preferable than those that other avenue the problem that you have with inventing something that's new and one of a kind is that no one knows about it the entire internet and all of e-commerce is built on search so people have to actually be searching for something okay so if you invent something that's new and people don't know about it nobody will ever ever find it that's the type of situation where a big company that does that spends tens of millions of dollars in physical world advertising to get that product out there and I do talk to people from time to time who say, hey, I've invented this or invented that. I want to sell it. And I tell them, you can't. You just can't. The people don't know what it is. You know, you have to have consumer awareness of a product, which is why, you know, uh, private labeling and, you know, white labeling and that kind of stuff for products from China, that doesn't work either. Because if you're out there looking for a coffee maker, what would you rather buy, a Cuisinart coffee maker or a Joe's coffee maker? You know, just just slapping a private label name on something doesn't make it marketable. It doesn't make it a, a well-known brand. It doesn't make it consumer friendly. It just makes it different. And it just lines the pockets of the people who told you to do that because they charged you thousands of dollars for it. But it, it helps nothing whatsoever. We always want to make sure that we follow along on the coattails of the bigger brands that are out there that people recognize in retail, if that yeah. makes sense. It does make perfect sense, Chris. And that brings on the, the messaging, the branding aspect of it, right? So it's not, yes. it's not just marketing and getting sales. It's really um, who you are, who's the, the company, what the value, what do you stand for? What do you, what do you essentially, it's not just selling a product, but you're the, the solution. The, like, like, let's talk about branding. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. You're, you're selling uh, yourself to an extent, okay? Think about it this way. This is an example I use from time to time. If you walk through a big mall uh, you know, near, near where you live, you'll always find the four big department stores on the corners. Those are called anchor stores. But every other store in between those stores, all those aisles that you walk, they're all niche stores. They all sell one specific type of thing, right? Okay. Every last one of them. Niche marketing is not a new concept that has been around for pretty much all of human history. So, But when you look at those stores, they're all different. They all look different. Their decor is different. Their signage is different. The, you know, the colors they use are different. The way they set up their displays, their, their you know, sales, uh, salespeople's uniforms, outfits, they're different because each one of them is set up to respond to the customer that is most likely to buy from them, the demographic of the person that will most likely buy their product. 
So when you're out there marketing, that's a very critical part of market research, market research, which is figuring out what to sell. So as you're doing that, as you're researching different product niches, narrowing down profitability, trending, everything else, you're also looking at keyword research, which is how people search for something that gives us clues as to who the person is who buys the most of what you sell. Okay. And uh, that person, when you do this, when you go through this process, like every advertising agency that ever lived, every ad campaign they ever do, they build what's known as a consumer persona, an, an avatar, an imaginary person that has all of the attributes of our most likely customer, age, mm-hmm. gender, where do they live? Do they go to school? Do they have a house? Do they have kids? Do they like pizza? You know, but mm-hmm. more importantly, what their social attitudes are and what their triggers for marketing are. Once you know that, that plays into everything else. It plays into your website design, what your color palettes will look like, the types of images you use, the way the pages flow, even whether you have rounded or sharp edged corners on your images and what font you use, which is basically the online version of imitating the niche stores that you see in the mall. Okay. They have to appeal to that, that particular consumer that buys the most of what you sell. So in that sense, you're selling yourself to the extent that you're selling, you know, your presentation of the product to the consumer. And when you do it right, somebody lands on that site, everything else goes right out of their head. You know, they're not going to go price compare. They're not going to go look for anything else. They feel like they just came home and they're in the exact right place and they found what they wanted. And that is the psychology of retail marketing, you know, in a nutshell, basically. How easy is it to do this? It's not hard. None of it is rocket science, but it's step by step. You know, it has to be done carefully. You know, I always tell people, look, there is a, there's a path to get from start to finish in building a successful e-commerce business, but it is just riddled with rabbit holes that are so easy to fall down. And every time you see the words quick or easy, run the other way. Okay. (laughs) Run. Every time you see somebody that says, my girlfriend made $50,000 selling this last weekend, run away. Okay. Every time, you know, you know, here are examples of what our students sell. Nobody ever gives up that information. Run, you know, anything that's automated, Dr. Lenny, that's, that's the trick they're pulling on people now. And then they have been forever because they know that people want quick and easy. They want quick and easy money. It doesn't exist. If you want me to, I can talk about one of the latest things that I see. I just, I don't want to you know, monopolize the conversation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us. Okay, so artificial intelligence, right? Um, you've probably seen online everybody talking about a couple of uh, places, OpenAI and ChatGPT, where all of a sudden now artificial intelligence is going to write your reports for you for school. Okay, and do all those kinds of things. And they're also saying, hey, guess what? Quick and easy. You don't have to write material for online marketing anymore. You can use chat GPT or another another AI to do that. So in other words, quick and easy, right? Mm-hmm. The last time this happened was when Article Spinners came out. And this was over a decade ago. Article Spinner is a software that you take someone else's article, you put it in the software, and it spits out 15 different versions of that same article just by changing words around according to basic grammatical rules. 
which reads like a, you know, a foreign language stereo manual. Okay. But all of a sudden, Hey, it's quick and easy. Just use an article spinner. You can take everybody else's articles, throw them in here, spit out a bunch of them and put them out there and you, you know, you win and you don't because there's no quality in that writing. Google looks at that stuff and says, what? But now they're seeing that artificial intelligence is going to be able to do this for you. Guess what? Google has a team called the web spam team. They've had it for a very long time. Their only mission in life is to make sure the search engine does not get fooled. And a lot of very smart engineers. They also have an AI. It's called Spam Brain. The AI, the Spam Brain AI at Google can spot artificial intelligent created marketing material a mile away. Nice. They do not like it. They call it spam publicly. So all these people are now being fooled into thinking, you know, just pay us for this, you know, $5,000 course on how to, how to use AI to write all your marketing and everything will be quick and easy. But it won't because you'll crash and burn because Google will say, no, you're not going to fool us with AI generated marketing content. So it just, it goes on and on, Dr. Lenny. It just goes on and on and on. It's an endless parade of them. And you go back to square one and yes. then you're back to still not having time. To write nope. it. That's what it is. And you, you know, you, you said it, you know, it's not hard or rocket science. It takes time. I guess that the foundation anyway needs to be set in place where you know who that um, avatar is and kind of know what that dialogue is happening in their heads. That's right. And time-wise, it, it's not as much as people sometimes think because uh, when I teach people to write marketing content, uh, basically you're putting out two articles a week. Okay, you don't want to put out a lot more than that because if you start jamming a whole bunch of content out onto the internet with your site and your, your social media, Google doesn't like that either. They call that content spamming. Okay, so that'll hurt you. So really, it's just a couple of articles a week. What I teach people to do is sit down three times a month and spend a couple of hours, to maybe two, three hours, writing two or three articles at a time. And there's a process and a procedure to write these articles for Google so that Google appreciates them. But you sit down three times a month and you do some writing, you've got all the stuff that you need for the whole month. So yeah. it's not like, you know, when you're running an e-commerce business properly, you should only be spending 10 to 15 hours a week doing it. That's it. Good to know. Now, um, tell us, how do you get up, dress up and show up? What's your morning routine like? Oh, my morning routine is um, I'm in my email before I'm out of bed. Okay. Seriously, I'll sit up, I'll grab my phone <laughs> and I'll check for, you know, any, any major developments in the world of what we're doing, you know, what's going on, what's blowing up, you know, what's, what's working, what's not. And then it's just, you know, my wife and I breakfast uh, on the pool deck and then straight into my office. And I like to, uh, you know, and of course, you know, three, four days a week we hit the gym. So we know that it's um, 90 minutes from the house an hour at the gym and back to the house. So we do that. And then uh, it's just straight into the office. It's teaching, you know, working with my students. And then, of course, I have to put on my my mask and my cape and go out and fight the spammers. And that's my superhero <laughs> talent, you know. So um, it's a pretty simple morning routine. But I like to tackle the harder things first. Mm -hmm. You know, the hardest thing that I see on my agenda, I like to do in the morning. I'm, I'm sharper. You know, it just, it lets me get that out of my way so that the rest of the day seems to be easy. Of course, something will always pop up, but <laughs> the rest of the day will seem easier. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Eat your frog first has the book um, called Eat Your Frog First. So it helps you prioritize. That way, you do the hardest thing, and everything else is just a treat. I hadn't heard of that. That's interesting. I'll mm-hmm. check it out. Great. Yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Uh, very easy, actually. Uh, ChrisMalta.com. C-H-R-I-S-M-A-L-T-A.com. My latest book, Ebiz Scams Revealed. I, You know, it's so important, Dr. Lanita, and I appreciate you helping me do this. I don't care if nobody ever buys anything from me. That book is free. It will save them potentially tens of thousands of dollars in years worth of wasted time because it details exactly how they will get cheated online if they try to start a business. It's just so important. I mean, it's for sale on Amazon, but I don't care about that. That was my publicist idea. I give it away on the website. Mm -hmm. So it's just, to me, that's a mission. That is helping people, you know, giving back, I guess. Yeah. So the, the e-commerce business has been good to me for a long time. Yeah, nice for giving us a free book. I mean, go on the website. Give us the website one more time. Uh, ChrisMalta.com. And there's also a free 11-part video series there that shows all the basics of e-commerce as well. So a lot of free stuff there. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for sharing with us, Chris. It's been a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.